Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you all the praise. Thank you for another glorious time in your presence. Lord, we ask that you come and have your way. Lord, we ask, oh God, that you be glorified in all that we do. Lord, we ask that you will speak to our hearts. Father, you will cause us, Lord, to receive your word and our lives will never be the same. Lord, we ask, oh God, that all that we are waiting on you for and we are looking up to you for, Lord, we ask, oh God, that you reveal to us through your word. Father, Lord, we ask that you will help us. We will not just be hearers of your word, but Lord, we will be doers of your word also. Lord, we ask that the life and the spirit in your word will come alive to us today. Be glorified, O oh God. Take all the glory and take all the honor. You deserve all the praise. Father, for your children have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I trust God that we are all doing great. Um, you're all welcome to Tribe. This is our midweek um, um, Bible study experience. It's always an exciting time to be in God's presence. And we have been looking at the book of James, and it has really been so, you know, um, very, very um, mind, you know, boggling that so much God has in store for us and still so much more. Um, today we're going to be looking at James chapter 4. And um, the title here um, from my, my Bible, it says, Drawing Close to God. I'm just going to be taking the first seven verses, so I'm going to be reading. I'm reading from the NLT version. And uh, here it goes. It says that what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously, as the scripture says. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
verse 7 says, So humble yourselves, therefore. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, this is really um, such an interesting scripture. It's so clear and so plain. You know, anybody reading it won't say, oh, I can't understand what this is talking about. It's really very direct at us. Um, James was actually addressing this to the Jewish Christians, but we're going to relate it directly to our lives because we can see how this affects us directly. I'm just going to go right into it. You know, the first verse is very, very, you know, pastor will ask what jumps out at you. I think the whole seven verses jump out at me. I'm sure you have the one that jumps out at you. Um, let me start from verse one. It says that what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Um, King James says that can they not hence even from, come they not hence even from your lusts that war in your members? Um, I mean, it's just clear that every day, every moment, every time we're faced with um, a contention, a raging war, you know, something is always going on in our hearts where we have to make decisions, you know, where we have to um, um, either stand up for God or, you know, the Bible here says that don't they come from the evil desires at war within you. So there's some war always going on in our hearts, you know, and we know that um, um, it says that from the lusts, the loss, we know the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life, you know, we can categorize, categorize them so big, you know, but when we break down, break them down, we can see that there's loss for power, you know, you know, there's loss for recognition. There's, I mean, so many of them, you know, these are the things that cause quarrels, you know, in, in our midst. I have, an, uh, I have a definition here for loss, which says um, um, a passionate or overmastering desire or craving, you know. So there's an example here, loss for power. You know, another one says um, a yearning, to have a yearning or desire, have a strong, excessive craving. You know, so, I mean, as Christians, we should not be ignorant of that inner battle that goes on within us. Peter said in First um, Peter verse 2, verse, verse 12, he says that, that, I urge you as strangers and aliens in the world to abstain from the sinful desires that, that war against your soul. So there is this war that goes on in us. So the question is, are we winning? Are we winning that war? So you have to strive daily, strive daily to continuously be ahead. You have to win this war. You know, the, I mean, I don't think there's any of us that will say that we've not had to battle some evil things, evil desires, or, you know, evil thoughts, evil plans, you know. But because we have the Spirit of God, you know, we're able to conquer, we're able to overcome. 
we will continue to remain victors and we'll continue to remain victorious in Jesus' mighty name. So now um, I'm still on that um, verse one. So when, uh, like on Sunday, when um, Dr. Nuzo was um, talking about um, vote for righteousness, that was really profound for me, you know. In our daily encounters, you know, they may come out to us physically, but a lot of things go on in our minds. You know, are we voting for Jesus in our minds? Is, is Jesus winning in our minds, inside of us, you know? So when he taught us about vote for righteousness, we have to continually vote for righteousness. We can say, vote for Jesus. You know, uh, we have the, the common one that says, what will Jesus do when we are faced with different situations? What will Jesus do? That should be what we will do at every point in time. When we have this, you know, this conflict going on, when we are faced with decisions that we have to make and we have to take, Jesus has to win. Righteousness has to win. What will Jesus do? You ask yourself, if Jesus is in this situation, what will he do? Um, a um, typical example came to my mind, you know, this actually happened physically with Jesus and the, the, the adulterous woman that was caught in the act, you know, and the Jews had um, arraigned her, brought her to Jesus to stone and all that. This happened physically, but things like this happen in our minds, you know, where we are in a situation where we actually have all the facts, we have everything, we are all already in arms to, to, to stone that situation. You know, there was one thing, even though, you know, we don't usually talk about it, but there was one thing that the Jews did that which we have to continually do, which will help us. Because if we say we are following Jesus, we have to walk like Jesus. We have to act like Jesus. We have to live like Jesus. We have to, you know, make our decisions like Jesus did. You know, when they, when they brought the, the adulterous woman to Jesus with all the accusations, they brought, brought her to Jesus with their stones. They were sure that, that Jesus would say stone her because, I mean, that was what the law said. That was, you know, that was their, their conviction. They were sure about it. But what they did was really outstanding to me that they came to Jesus. If we can come to Jesus with the things that we think we, we are so sure about, we, are, we, we think we know, we think we even have scripture to back up our actions. If we can come to Jesus and ask him, Jesus, this is what the scripture says. What do you say? What do you want us to do in this situation? And that's turned everything around, you know? I mean, you may be watching, you, you, you know, you may watch this later, and you're in, in such a situation where all arms are against you. The stones are ready. I mean, there's so much justification to take you down. But Jesus did not allow even one stone to be thrown at the woman that was condemned already by them. You know, men may condemn you, but Jesus will never condemn you. That is why, I mean, Jesus is just so amazing. We should make sure that we are following Jesus. Jesus did not allow one stone to be cast at her, even when she was caught in adultery. 
there are so many things that we face and we have, you know, encountered that may not even be as, as you know, um, you know, um, elaborate as uh, adultery, but we have already pulled them down without even asking Jesus. Jesus, look at this situation. Eh? Look at the scripture on this and this. What do you think about this? How should this be handled? Should we throw the first stone or what should we do? And Jesus, because of his, I mean, his, hum his love towards humanity, Jesus' interpretation is always different. Jesus' ways are always different. He will show you the way because he is the way, you know. So that is how we should set up our minds. Even when we think we have and we know and we have all the points, everything, let us just walk like the Jews that said, Jesus, what should we do now? What should we do now? And by the time we are through with Jesus, you will find out that that stone that you want to throw at somebody ah, is a whole, um, a whole bowl that even needs to be thrown on you. Because what makes you even more righteous than the person that you want to condemn? So that, that is the Jesus that we serve. I have another illustration here. Both a pig and a lion, you know, the pig, of course, the pig represents the flesh, you know, then the lion represents the spirit of God. And these two um, animals, let's say they are, they are living in us, but the one that you feed is the one that has more power over you. We know what the, the pig likes. Anything, any, any nonsense, the pig can take, you know. And many lives, many people, many Christians even, are feeding that pig. What we need to do is to let that lion be fully fed, come out and destroy that pig, that spirit of, of, of the flesh. Let the spirit of God be alive in you. How do we feed the spirit of God? We feed the spirit of God through worship, through prayer, through, through fasting, through the presence of God, through fellowship, just like being in tribe the way we are, um, um, making yourself available in church. We have um, two Sunday services um, every Sunday, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. You can join online via the YouTube or you can come and be present. That is how you feed the spirit of God in you so that that's that. That dirty pig does not keep running around and defiling us. So that will not be our portion in Jesus' mighty name. We will feed the Spirit of God. We will feed the lion in us. And that is what is going to rule our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we'll go on to verse, um, verse 2. It says that, you want what you don't have, so you scheme. Hmm. You scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You know, what stood out for me in this verse was that God is expecting us to ask. He's expecting us to ask. He wants us to ask. But most times we, we, we already have a plan of how we want to get what we want because it's not the way of God. But God wants us to ask because 
there's a way with God, you know. Say, I have a question here. It says, when you want what you don't have, what do you do? Do you scheme? Do you kill? What do you do when you can't get what you want? What do you do? You know, God expects us to ask, you know, instead of scheming and allowing all the things we, we read in verse 1, all the evil desires, all the lust to lead us and mislead us, God wants us to ask. I just thought about um, um, Judas Iscariot here, you know, I mean, Judas, if he needed money, he even had access to the post. If he needed a loan, he should have just asked the ministry of Jesus to give him a loan, you know. Instead of scheming, instead of plotting, instead of planning, and, you know, eventually betraying Jesus, all for 30 pieces of silver. You know, there are some things that you you find out that it doesn't make sense at the end of the day. You know, what you thought you needed so much, at the end of the day, you find out that you can't even get the satisfaction because of all the schemes you have gone through. So why not just come to God? Why not just come to God and ask him? He's expecting us to ask. He's expecting us to ask, you know. Verse 3 says that, and even when you ask, Hmm, this is a tricky one now. Say you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So the previous verse, God is expecting us to ask. But now even in asking, you know, there's a clause to it. Why do you want what you want? Many times we don't take time to, um, you know, really look into why we want what we are asking for because if we look into it we'll find out that uh, this thing we are asking for is not going to give god glory you know so since it won't give god glory now we we can't ask god so we have to find our way around it but god is asking us he's telling us we should come to him we should ask with the right motives with the right motives. You know, I think, you know, why God wants us to be uh, interested, you know, he, God himself is interested in our motives because when we take time to find out why we are doing what we are doing, you know, we get to find out who we really are. You know, we get to discover ourselves even in that process, you know. So God cannot deal with somebody that is fake. You know, God cannot deal with, you know, some, um, one of our values is um, authenticity. You have to be authentic. You have to be original. You know, you have to be original. You have to be who God has made you to be. God wants you to get down to that motive. That's the only way you can receive from God when your motives are, are open before him pure before him, you know. So what is our motive in asking? When we are asking, what are we all about? Is it just about self? 
you know, we just want to satisfy ourselves even at the expense of somebody else. We're ready to, to, to tear down somebody else. We're ready to, to talk down and tarnish the person's image. And, you know, when the Bible says kill, even just the words that you say can kill such a person. We're ready to do that just to get what we want. That is not the way of God. And God is calling us that we should check our motives. We have to be sincere before God because God sees us. He sees everything about us. He knows why we are asking for what we are asking for. So why can't we just come clean? Let's just come clean with God. You know, he's a good father. He cares for us. He takes perfect care of us. I mean, those, uh, you know, those of us out there that are parents, we know our children may not even understand the amount of love that we have for them, the plans that we have for them, the end-to-end you know, tight plans that we have for them. This is just man. How much more God? How much more God, the creator of the heavens and the earth? He cares for us and he, 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 he wants us, you know, to come out, come the way we are. And he will transform us and make us what he wants us to be. But we cannot come with dubious motives and expect that God will answer us. So the same way, um, I mean, as a mother, even a father, you know, you are able to, to, to distinguish the cries of your children. You know the one that is just for drama. You actually know a distress cry, you know. That is how God knows when we have come to him, you know, in sincerity of heart, seeking his face, desiring something of him, you know. He knows when we have come to him even with a clean heart. So let us be deliberate, even in seeking God. Let us know that everything that we seek God for should give him glory, should bring glory to his name. Not, not about us, all about him. You know, and even in when God, you know, we've come with a good intention, the pure motive, and what we are asking for doesn't even come out how we expect it to come out. God will give us the grace to be content even with the answer that we receive. Remember from one of our teachings we've learned from our pastor that Jesus himself is the answer. So God is interested in who, that whom we are becoming more than, you know, all the things that we are asking for. He's making us more and more like him. Hallelujah. This is really so exciting for me, you know. God really has great, great, great plans in store for us. We can't come to God with our, all those uh, lustful desires and expect to encounter the grace of God. It can't work. You know, we have to lay them down at his feet and allow his spirit to fill us, you know, allow his word to energize us. Then we can ask aright. We will not be asking amiss. His spirit will lead us in how we should ask. And he would direct us and give us the answers in accordance to his will. Praise God. So um, verse 4 says, you adulterers, I don't, okay, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. This, this scripture is just, you know, it's something else, something else, something else, you know. It says that 
Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? You know, most times, I mean, um, let's say we we'll call it maybe the spirit of the times, the spirit of the times, spirit of the world, they tend to downplay a lot of things going on, you know, where the masses, everybody's just following the trend, following, you know, that's the spirit of the world. That's the, the, the world playing out there, you know. They, they, they downplay sin, things that we couldn't accept before. You know, now they, they call it another name. Sin is sin, you know. Here the Bible says, you adulterers. Yes, they could actually be committing, you know, adultery and all that, but look at it this way. The definition I got here says, it is a forsaking of him to whom we are devoted and espoused to, to cleave to another or to cleave to other things. So now, when we are, you know, an enemy of God, that means we have, I mean, changed our devotion. We are no more devoted to God. So, it, I mean, can be, we can be called clear adulterers. Our devotion has shifted. We have to make sure that our devotion has not shifted. If not, you fall into the camp where you are classified as an enemy of God. Who can, who can, I mean, who wants to be in such a position? How can you make yourself an enemy of God. But that's what the enemy, the devil comes, you know, and makes it so, so, you know, sly, very tricky, you know, makes it look like there's nothing wrong. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 24, that you can't serve God and mammon. It's not possible. You can't mix the two. You can't, you know. So it's either you will love one and you hate the other, you will love the other and hate one. So we can't mix the two. We have to serve God. We have to be in friendship with God. We cannot be in friendship with the world. We cannot make God an enemy, you know. So who is sitting on the throne of your heart? Who is sitting on the throne of your heart? Is it God? Is it the world? Who is your allegiance to? Who are you devoted to? You know, so there can be, I mean, a man or a, uh, somebody may have a lot of good things. You know, God has blessed him, God has lifted him and all that. But his love and his devotion is towards God and not towards those things. He doesn't worship his car. He doesn't worship his house. He doesn't worship, you know, the things that God has given to him. His devotion is to God. The things God has blessed us with, have we shifted our focus? Have we shifted our hearts towards them? Have we shifted our hearts from God towards things? We cannot afford to be an enemy of God. We cannot. So, um, I would just like to read from my notes here, where I was talking about the spirit of the times. It says that 
the spirit of the times eh, is is always it always goes in the opposite direction when they are going this way god is going that way so as christians we have to be careful we have to be careful with the trends with the times you know even in our appearance there are so many things that have been accepted you know the dressing it doesn't make it right and you don't have to follow the trend so the road that leads to destruction is wide everybody's rushing into it you don't have to be on that road you don't have to be an enemy of god we should allow the holy spirit to lead us we shall allow the holy spirit to guide us we shall allow the holy spirit to show us you know even when the enemy has disguised it you guys come like a sheep but is actually a wolf the spirit of god will reveal to us we will not end up on the camp where we are seen and classified as an enemy of god praise god okay so i'll read verse 5 it says that do you think the scriptures have no meaning they say that god is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him another um version says that um do you think that the scripture says in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lost it to envy i'm reserving this verse for later i'll read verse six it says that and he gives grace generously as the scripture says god opposes the proud mhm this is another one but gives grace to the humble am i proud are you proud mm pride creeps in it creeps in um maybe case by case situation where some people actually wear pride like a jacket and when you see that when you see them coming you know that pride has arrived you know but generally pride can just creep in even into the heart of a christian do you identify it when you identify that pride has crept in what do you do about it do you keep it there the bible says that god opposes the proud if god opposes you can you stand so why do you entertain pride i mean sometimes it's it's really so difficult to point out to some people that look this action that you are taking this decision you are making is out of pride they will never agree that is out of pride do you know why <laughs> because they are proud so we have to be careful we have to be cautious we have to live consciously and make sure that we don't walk in pride the bible says that and he gives grace generously you know there are different types of graces god gives the grace there's a grace to be humble when you see maybe you see somebody oh you're praising the person oh this person is such a humble person there's a grace to be humble there's a grace 
And the Bible says that God gives that grace generously. And we continue to ask for grace. I remember there was, uh, I think I think it was a book I was reading about Josemaya where she, um, she, I think she was offended or something at her husband and she, the way she wanted to express herself, you know, I mean, it would have been clear that, look, this one is not a Christian, but she went into her office and she lay down on the floor and she started praying to God, Father, give me the grace, give me the grace, give me the grace to forgive this man, give me the grace to walk in your precepts. Lord, give me the grace to overcome. Any type of grace we need to excel, to prosper as a child of God, God has made it available. The grace to be humble. Say, and he gives grace generously. I'm just so excited. God gives grace generously. So we can ask for that grace. He will enable us to walk in his grace to excel. That is what God does. Pride never allows us to ask for anything. A proud person even resists God. Because he, he I, I, I remember a man that said that I'm a self-made man. Well, how can you be self-made? Do you know the day you were born? Do you know when you are going to expire? The manufacturer that made you has a tag on you and you say you are self-made. That is just pride. So we need to ask for the grace of God to be upon us. The grace of God is more than sufficient enough for us to live even in these times. I'm going to read verse. I'm going to read the final verse. Verse seven. Okay, it says, So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This one is clear, very clear. Humble yourself before God, then you have the, the standing, the right standing to resist the devil, and he will surely flee from you. So um, we're at that point where pastor joins us. So if you have questions, you can send them in on any of our platforms. And we'll be here to answer you. Hello, Papi. <laughs> Hi, Pastor Nina. Welcome, sir. Good evening. Good evening. Well done. Yeah, I can't hear you very well, though. OK. Um, let me see to that. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you very well. Oh, okay, I can hear you now. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, sir. You're welcome, sir. Yes. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to have you. This is a very, very interesting verse. Every verse. Every verse is so loaded. That's what you say, loaded. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and they all jump out at me. <laughs> okay, so um, 
Yes. So I, I think I will start with my own questions while I wait for um, the questions to come in. You know, my first question says that, um, um, why do you think people prefer to be friends with the world than with God? Easily, they prefer to be friends with the world. Okay, so, I mean, <laughs> it's one of the questions I had for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I went first. <laughs> okay, so, um, I think the world promises a lot of um, things that are attractive, mm. you know, that are, that are appealing, that mm. are... Uh, lustful, that's where the word lust comes mm. from. Something that is enticing, you know. Mm. Um, um, that is the first reason. So, so you see the lust of the eyes, um, things that, you know, people are hooked on, all sorts of lustful things, pornography, all sorts of crap that people consume. The lust of the flesh, you know, then we have the pride of life. So those are very very enticing things, you know, that people, you know, are easily drawn to. So that's, that's one. Secondly, the world promises um, a crown without a cross. Hmm. You know, the, the, the world promises Oh, a, a, a crown with no thorns. So, so, and there's nothing like that. It doesn't exist. So the world is filled with deception. That is why the world is, it appears to be more enticing. The world is filled with a lot of deception. So it promises you a crown without a cross, glory without the story. So at the end of the day, you know, Satan said to Jesus, just bow and, you know, and I will, these kingdoms are mine and I will deliver them unto you. Just bow, you know, and Jesus says, sorry, we worship the Lord, your God, and he alone. Hmm. Would, you serve? would you serve? Would you bow to? So, so the world was saying, come, you, 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 you have to pray, you have to fast, you have to, you know, discipline yourself, grow your character, grow your spirit, man. Hold that stress. Just come. Come and join this. Let us cut soup for you. You know? <laughs> come and join this Illuminati. Come and join this group. Come and join that group. Come and, you know, so wow. people entices and, and offers shortcuts, you know? And, and, and that is, that is the um, second um reason I, I leave you with the third one I and mean, I'm, I'm sure you you probably have others you know that you may want to add to it you know the third one would be being um how do I put this not being submitted to the father you see because it is in the place of submission to the father that we actually have power against the world. It is in the mm. place of, so the, every time we are not submitted, and when we say submitted to the Father, we are talking about submitted to the sovereignty of the mm. Father. 
to the fact that as a parent, I like the illustrations you gave as parents loving children, you know, and all, and know when the cry is genuine, and know when they cry is <laughs> a drama, you know. You know, when you were saying that, I said, mm, you should know. <laughs> you know, and, and, and as parents, you would agree with me that you make some decisions that your children don't like. They don't, they don't even see it. They don't even agree with it. So, or maybe if their friends are doing something, like, sorry, we won't do that. Because you are seeing the big picture. You have a bigger plan for them, for instance. And, and same with God. So your children must submit to your sovereignty, quote unquote, mm. you know? Mm. Otherwise, you know, there'll be challenges. So same thing with, with us. We must be submitted to the Father of all spirits. We must be submitted to mm. his sovereignty, you know? And you cannot put God in a box. You know, God is, you see, religion tries to put God in a box. God is not in a box. God cannot be put in a box. You must submit to his sovereignty. Mm. And it is in submission to God's sovereignty that we have freedom, you know, mm. from the world, the Father from the world. So let's, um, would you want to add one or two things to that? <laughs> not really. What, what I had in mind was, you know, um, the world provides instant gratification. Hmm. Instant. True. You know, everything, sharp, 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 sharp. They don't tell you, just like what we learned on Sunday, Dr. Onuzo, when, when the advert for hell was made, they saw the music, they heard the, you know, they were dancing, all that, you know. So they didn't see what that advert actually entailed, you know. So even when the world provides that instant gratification, there's actually... A, a, there's a price that they are waiting for, which they don't even know. They don't know about, you know. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Thank so, you, so, sir. So, so you're welcome. So if I, if I hear you well, you're saying that um, um, because folks prefer instant gratification, you know, but it's, instant gratification is actually deception because there is no shortcut anywhere. If you, if you take a shortcut, <laughs> you will pay the price. So, of course, so you will. at the end of the day, it's better to just stay <laughs> on this straight and narrow. <laughs> yes, just follow God. Follow God. Okay, so um, then I, I wanted to read verse 5, and I just wanted you to talk about verse 5. It yeah. says, yeah, I'm going to it now. Verse 5, it says that, do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. So, okay, um, I think King James says, um, do you think that the scriptures said in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lost it to envy? Uh. Yes, I wanted to just speak on that a bit. <laughs> okay, so... Um... What, what I would say, um, let me read another translation. Um, okay. It says, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into your heart is a jealous lover who intensely 
desires to have more and more of us. So, so, so what that scripture is saying is that you cannot flirt with the world. Hmm. It's just like saying that. That's the adultery there. That's exactly. You know, it's 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 not it's not when it says ye adulterers and adulteresses, it's it's it's, it's talking about it's not a, well that is included because by the time you do that, then you're you're far away from the father. But the beyond that is being flirting with the world. Hmm. You know, some Christians will feel, oh, I need to flirt with the world here, I flirt with the world there. You know, <laughs> you know, and God says that the spirit within you is a jealous lover. It doesn't just is. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> many of us are married. If you have not married yet, at least you've been in a relationship. Imagine being in a relationship with someone that is very possessive. Do you know that being possessive is not necessarily wrong? It it can be abused, obviously, but it's not okay. necessarily wrong. So, or put yourself in that situation. You're a lady, you know, okay, Pastor Nina, let's just try to put you in that situation. You know, you know, God forbid, let's say some some young lady just comes around your husband every time with open chest, Ah. you know, and fire. (laughs) 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 I won't even I won't wait till Pastor. Fire. Exactly. That, <laughs> that is what that is what the scripture is saying here. Mm-hmm. That this thing is serious business. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no messing around. Mm-hmm. Don't flirt. Don't mess around. Why? Because the Holy Ghost within us, within you, is a jealous spirit. Mm-hmm. And it says here, it says is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. Mm. He wants to have more and more of us. If, 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 you, if you know what it is to be intensely in love, you know, you cannot have enough of the person. Mm. And that is how we are to God. God cannot have enough of us. Wow. And because he cannot have enough of us, you know, mm. that's what happens? Wow. This is, this is just so eye-opening. It so is. So, so, I mean, and you may be there and you're like, oh, but pastor, I've done this, I've done that. I've, in retrospect, this, I mean, the Holy Spirit must be unhappy with me doing this, unhappy with me doing that. You see, the same way with your lover, your, your, if, if your lover is a human being, you need to go back to him. You need to go back to him and try and make peace with him. Try and make peace with him. If you need to apologize, apologize. If you need to reconsecrate yourself, reconsecrate yourself. If you need to, I mean, you speak the language he understands. Wow. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, have, I haven't gotten any questions from the online church. Um, so I think I... Can I squeeze in one more question? Please go ahead, Pastor. <laughs> okay. Um, I think what, what, what I want to ask is that why do we find ourselves as Christians, you know, we're very quick to be judgmental? 
we are quick to be judgmental. It happens, you know. The, um, I think, okay, I was discussing, myself and Michael were discussing something. He just kept telling me, stop being judgmental. And when I was speaking, I did not think I was being judgmental. I was just talking. He said, stop being judgmental. I said, okay, this is being judgmental. So I'm here, I'm judging somebody. It's like we, are, we, we just do this thing. Why? <laughs> you know, there, are, there are several reasons, you know. Um, and there are several reasons, you know. I mean, the first one would be because we have not walked in the person's shoes. Hmm. You know? And when you have walked in someone's shoes, or you just have a glimpse of it. <laughs> and you see that thing, you are very quiet because mm. you know that you've gone through it. If not for God. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know, that's true. So, and you see, and even if you haven't had everybody's experiences, mm. if you've lived life long enough. Mm you will realize that that experience will not be a one-on-one -on -one with yours. But mm. if God has offered you mercy, who are you? Who are you? Who are mm. you? Who you be? Mm. Mm -hmm. be. <laughs> to judge somebody be? else. <laughs> to judge somebody else's servant. It's, mm. an, it's an indictment. Are you still there? Am I still there? Yes, I'm I'm with you. Okay. okay, I thought you froze. It's an indictment on his master. Hmm. So again, that is another dimension of judge, being judgmental that people don't realize. It's an hmm. indictment on God. Hmm. So that's why you see that story of, of the servant that was forgiven um a large sum of money. Then yeah. he had a chance to forgive his fellow servant. He said, ah, ah, can you do this? You must, you must pay for it. Hey. God says, ah, okay. All your own sins, they will now begin to speak against you. Wow. Why? Because it's an indictment on him. He expects, and if, when, this, when the, when the uh, disciples of Jesus said to him, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. His disciples. And, and Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. After worship, pray that his kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then ask for your daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Then the next thing he said is, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. In other words, if you do not forgive the person, if you stand in judgment, then your own sin remains. Hmm. That's serious. It's big. So, 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 and if you're like, ah, but, but they're bad people. <laughs> <laughs> I am such a good person. That's your problem. In fact, that self-righteousness will take you to hell. Because hmm. if it was to mark iniquity, he says, who shall stand? Who shall stand? But because there's forgiveness with you, therefore, we will. I mean, for the longest time, I mean, by God's grace, God has really helped me in my work with God, you know. And 
which is an, the, the, the other bit you talked about that is, is tied to it, and which, which is why I said strictly by God's grace, not by anything or by doing, is that the humility that God requires of you, many times we don't have it. And it takes humility <laughs> to see something you don't understand. Because many of the things we judge, we really don't understand it. Mm. So say something you don't understand and to say, you know what? I'm not going to judge this. I mean, since decades, since I gave my life to Jesus, I've seen different things in the, in the church, in the world. In the, You know, one thing God has helped me not to do is judge people. I'm not saying I've never judged because we are human. But I'm not known for that, you know? Mm. And that is big because mm. it also shows this humility thing. Pastor Dean, are you, are you ready for all these things? <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah. I am. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it actually shows your pride. You know that you, you talked about pride, pride yeah. earlier on. It actually shows your pride. That's why Jesus says that you have not removed the log in your own eyes. Mm. <laughs> How can you be seeing the speck <laughs> in somebody else's eyes? Do you know what that means? Mm. Regardless of how big you think a sin is, the person you are judging, or is mm. seen is the person you are judging, your own is like it's a log. Bigger. It's mm. bigger. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And and if you can't see it, you can't see your own. In fact, that is what is blocking you. Hmm. <laughs> That's what's blinding you from seeing. Hmm. You know, so it's 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 just a torrent, you know, hmm. when you when you look at it, it's 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 so easy, you know. Um uh, my grandmother will say that, and personally you have to interpret this. Hey. <laughs> my grandmother would say that I need to roll for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need to roll for. You know what? It's easier said than done. You've not mm. walked that path. You are opening your mouth. You are saying crap. You've not. You've not. It's easier to for you to sit down and be analyzing. That's why the Bible says it's someone from verse one. Blessed is the man mm. that does not sit in the seat of scornful. That does not. Mm. Walk in the path, but his heart is in the law of the Lord, and it's in, in his law does it delight day and night. So, Pastor Nina, I hope that helped. Yes, yes, very, very, very much. Thank you, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, thank you very okay. much, sir. I've been blessed, I've really been blessed by this. Thank you, sir. Okay, so. Yes, I think we'll have to move on since we don't have any more questions from the online community. Uh, yes, sir. So over to you, Palpi. Okay. Over to you to close us. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Nina. God bless you. I mean, Amen. such an amazing, amazing time in God's word. Thank you, sir. Um, Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. And so it is and shall be in Amen. Jesus' mighty name. We have 
prayed. Amen. Amen. Okay, so God's every house, let's remember that this is our year of lifting. Lifting. And we are lifted. All the way on eagle's wings. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.